Life can be messy and hard, but one of the things God has promised to give us is freedom, freedom deep in our hearts that is not dependent on the ever-changing waves of circumstances, but set on the steadfast promises of God. This freedom gives us a secure identity, even with a broken past. It helps us have joy in parenting, even when we are completely exhausted. This freedom gives us love for our spouses, even when they are unlovable. And it can give us purpose in our careers, even if it's not the one we want. But I feel stuck sometimes, don't you? What does it really mean that Christ has set us free? That's why we're here. Welcome to the Abiding Free Podcast with Kristen and Shannon. We invite you to walk on this bumpy but beautiful journey toward freedom as we learn to abide in Him. Get ready for tears and laughter and everything in between. Because this podcast is about living from the truth that, yes, it was for freedom that Christ has set you free. Friends, welcome back to the Abiding Free Podcast. Kristen and Shannon here today. We're so glad to be back. And, you know, today we're going to be talking about something that's been on my heart and mind for a long time now. And we've actually had a listener that asked us to do a podcast on this. So I, that makes me even more excited. We're always open to new ideas. Um, but I think this is a topic that has a much needed discussion because there's a lot of confusion over it. There's unnecessary division. And or unfortunately, on the other hand, there's also concerning compromise. And it's this. What are doctrinal or theological issues that we should die on, meaning that are almost worth you know, dividing over, even though that seems so negative, but right, there's going to be issues that are going to divide us. And I think right now, Shannon, I just think that right now in our culture, there's issues we're dying on that are not um, what we should be as as called to in scripture. But then there's other um, topics and issues that we need to be dividing on. And um, it, they're very clear in scripture. And so we're going to be talking about that. And I'm just going to start with a funny story about this is one day on my Instagram, um, I posted a story, just basically a summary of the story of the Bible. And I referenced that Adam and Eve were the first people, you know, to, to live and on the I, earth. yeah, on the earth. And I got a really kind of unkind, mean comment about how I didn't understand the Bible because Adam and Eve were not the first people. And it wasn't just like, oh, I disagree with you, you know, a little it harsh. Was, yes. It was, it was div- divisive. It yeah. was very divisive. And so what about that, guys? If you don't believe Adam and Eve are the first people, is that, is that worth dividing over your fellow brother and sister in Christ? You know, I mean, we're laughing because clearly Shannon and I don't think it is. But <laughs> but what about some of these other issues? Like, let me bring up some just examples. What about, you know, um, young earth versus old earth? Okay, what about that? What about females as pastors? What about such something such as schooling for our children? What about um, infant baptism for those that do practice it or that don't? You know, all, all these topics, like which ones are really important? And the question really is like, what are the doctrinal hills that we should die on as followers of Jesus? Meaning, what are the beliefs or practices that we should see as worth, you know, possibly not going to another church over? Or what about nonprofits? You know, what about a Christian nonprofit? Or what are worth speaking up about in our relationships? 
in our church, um, you know, maybe going to our leadership over. There's so many ways this could play out. Yeah, I just think it's such a crucial topic, like you said, specifically for this time in our culture when things are so divisive about so many different things. Um, And I really like the way we kind of look at it simply here, like what issues are clear in scripture and which issues leave room reasonable room for interpretation, um, you know, that would not be worth, like you're saying, leaving a congregation for, um, or even sometimes just bringing up, you know, issues that wouldn't, if you know that it would be divisive, but then which are the issues that you would be, you know, biblically convicted to bring up? Um, Because I agree, there's just this unnecessary division, and we are commanded to be united as the body of Christ. Um, I also think this topic affects our freedom in Christ, um, you know, in not walking in divisiveness and in this critical spirit, yeah. you know, because that is, exactly. th- that's going to affect our personal freedom as well as yeah. the command to walking in unity. Um and it's also imp- an important topic to bring clarity and boldness to us as believers um, to speak out on the issues that we are called to speak yeah. out about and stand mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we don't, that can affect our gospel witness, you know, or or again, even our own walk with God. And there's just so much confusion out there and about this. And I believe partially causing the weakening of our witness as the church to the world, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, both in seeing some of these issues as too important and too central or not enough. So I'm excited to dive in. Yeah, me too. And, you know, we're so grateful that there's a lot of wise and helpful resources out there on this topic. And we're going to link all of these in our show notes, of course. And the first, the the real premise for this discussion is based upon a tier system. And I know that sounds strange at first, but we found it very helpful and it's been used by both Desiring God and the Gospel Coalition. And it's basically a system called a theological triage and was first turned by Albert Muller back in 2005. Um, Later, Gavin Ortland, he is a pastor, writer. He wrote a fourfold model that is just very helpful. Um, Again, this is flawed, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But it's it is we just find it very helpful to kind of um, synthesize some of this hmm. the you know topics in our mind. And so the first is the first rank tier is that they're essential ish doctrines to the gospel. First rank, so that is really the central issues of the faith that we're going to talk about more specifically, that that would be, those are worth dividing over. And Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about that. Second rank doctrines are urgent for the health and practice of the church, such that they frequently cause maybe Christian to separate at the level of local church denomination or ministry. So that's really the birth of denominations is that maybe they have different practices. Yeah, And that would, an, an example of that would also be, Maybe denominations that practice things differently, but they're still unified in that first tier, the yeah. central issue. So that's just like a, another way to say it. Third issue, third would be, third would be that are they're important to Christian theology, but not enough to justify like separation or division among Christians. Yeah, I do want to say like something yeah. that I think about is to also note that even though like in this tiered system, like that's it's in that tertiary, that third issue where some people would say, oh, that would make sense to kind of separate on a practical level. Mm -hmm. But I think there's also a case to be made that um, some people are talking about now, which is this whole concept of should we have ever even divided on secondary Mm -hmm. issues? You know, that's a whole nother episode, another topic. But but I think it's an interesting 
point to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause in heaven we won't have yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then fourth rank doctrines are unimportant to our gospel witness and ministry collaboration. So that's just like that four tier model. Yeah. I think, um, right. We always want to jump into the scripture to see what is, what does scripture teach us? Um, and I think that there are some passages that show how this model could be helpful for our human minds to kind of grasp things. Uh, first Corinthians 15, three, Paul says, for I delivered to you as a first importance, what I also received that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scripture. So here Paul sees particular doctrines, well, those that directly relate to Christ dying for our sins, right? Our salvation in accordance with the scriptures to be central. Mm-hmm. I love how he says that in accordance with the scriptures. Yeah. And, and I love that how right? he says first importance, like he yeah. really is differentiating some doctrine. Yeah. As so. more important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then another place uh, we see in first Corinthians 12, where Paul says, for I resolved to know nothing among you, among you, except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Just the absolute power of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, it's not a literal, I didn't know anything else. <laughs> this, is, this, is con- <laughs> this is Paul's confession. No, he's yeah. emphasizing the point that Jesus Christ and his life, death and resurrection are of utmost importance. I mean, I, I yeah. find myself saying that it's like a slang, you know, like, right. like whatever you do, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if I tell my kids that I'm not literally saying you can do anything else besides the one thing I'm saying, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, like, you know, <laughs> I'm emphasizing the importance of what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Um, and the importance is that Jesus Christ alone is Savior. His death atoned for our sins. This is central. And we love the Apostles' Creed. Uh, you know, of course, we won't say all of it right now, but it's this great overall statement of these primary truths that believers hold of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, the Trinity, the universal, the big C church, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and eternal life. Um, we say this at our kids' school every day, don't we say it? Um, yeah. And it's just a reminder um, of the issue that unifies us um, as the church. Um, I do want to add a caveat here, though, before we dive further. Um, obviously, this model is great for our minds um, as we talk through things, um, but it is a man-made model to try and help our brains place these these conversations, these topics. And primary first-rank issues are issues I like, this is how I like to word it. Our issues, the Bible is direct and clear about. Um, the others, the others, the secondary, third, fourth have biblical grounds for various interpretations. Um, but again, the Bible is not direct and clear about them. There can be biblical support for differing opinions. Um, and so that's why I personally like the system or, or I find it useful is because it just helps us, our ba- brains place these topics. Um, I also want to point out something that seems simple and obvious, but sometimes I think if we don't verbalize it, it just um, isn't clear. And that's in talking about this system. The underlying understanding is that the absolute authority of scripture is a primary issue, right? Yes. Is so yeah. so people who are looking at these, if if you're even placing issues in scripture or doctrines in scripture, the the preface is that you are adhering to the authority of scripture. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Um, so yeah. Uh, now, now at this point, I think some of you are probably wondering. Okay, great. So so let's talk about some of these topics and. <laughs> 
what is the real deal here? Yeah. So there's a, a great article, another great article on Desiring God by, by Joe Rigney called Triage in the Trenches, When Do Second Tier Issues Divide? And so, but this can really be applied across, you know, the, the board of how do we determine when an issue is important? And he, he identifies kind of three things. And I love this. It's the first is the hermeneutical test. And Shannon really touched on this is that the clear the Bible teaches a doctrine, the more it belongs on a higher tier. So for instance, it says, do not lie. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, that's very clear. But let's go back to infant baptism. Shannon and I both have very dear godly friends that practice infant baptism. We don't, yeah, they're at our churches, but you know, um, Gavin Ortland, who we just recommended, he he practices infant baptism. There are we find there are plausible arguments that, biblically. Yeah, biblically, it it doesn't now does it say anywhere do not practice infant baptism? No, does it say practice infant baptism? Exactly, exactly. So again, that that's just an example of how the clear it is, the more it belongs on a higher tier. Yeah, that's a helpful example. Secondly, would be the gospel test, and this is the more central a doctrine is to the gospel, the more likely it belongs on a higher tier. And thirdly is the praxis test. And, and, and the more a doctrine affects the practice of a church, mm. the more likely it belongs on a higher tier. So um, again, those are great, just three examples. And I know that's a lot to remember. So again, we'll link that in the show notes. So again, you know, that's just a, th- a good three, you know, tested model. But I, we just want to say, I love that both Desiring God and Gospel Coalition ad- acknowledge that these are not perfect models. And, you know, this is where it gets tricky. So we talked about earlier, you know, infant baptism. That's It's just a good example to bring up. And the reason we bring that one up is because, Shannon and I both, um, you know, in our churches, we go to different churches, but our churches do not practice infant baptism. But we are sympathetic to that view in the sense of we see there is a plausible big biblical argument for infant baptism. I have, you know, godly friends that practice, you know, infant baptism. We know wonderful churches. A lot of you listeners probably do. And, you know, we brought up Gavin Ortland, who he um, he's part of the Gospel Coalition, Tim Keller, and, you know, these just very well known um, godly men um, and others and pastors and leaders that practice this. So while, you know, my husband and I, we go to a church that, you know, does not practice infant baptism, we respect the theological conviction of those who see infant baptism now, not as salvific, meaning that it doesn't ensure salvation, but there is, you know, a the denomination that sees it as covenantal, as an outpouring of God's grace, a sign of what Christ has done. So again, that's an example of how, you know, that will probably be important within a context mm. of the church. And that's really what we want to bring up here is that context is also a very crucial piece to determining this. Now, you know, here at Abiding Free, we would probably argue that again, those first tier issues across every Christian context, across every yeah. faith-based context that we're going to be a part of. If you're claiming the name essential. of Christ. Yes. Whether that's a school you're going to, whether that's, you know, a nonprofit organization, those first tier are so 
important. You know, there's going to be the context is going to affect a lot of this because like, here's an example. So, you know, Shannon and I, um, our kids go to a Christian school. We have a wide variety, right, of, you know, denominations. We have, you know, people across all the theological spectrum of a Christ, of the Christian yeah. faith. That now our leaders there at the church, it's not going to be as important to us whether they believe in, you know, young earth versus yeah. old earth or cessationist versus continuationist or even females as pastors. We have people at our school that, you know, believe in that, you know, so it's not as applicable to the situation. Right. Exactly. We have friends that believe in infant baptism that don't. And, um, but within a local church setting, obviously that is going to be significant because that is where, you know, God has called the local church to carry out those specific theological practices and convictions. So, um, again, context is important, and and that's why you know it's going to differ how we apply the second you know second tiered issues at times. So, I mean, it can make your head spin, right? Just yeah. to be honest, but yeah. I think that's where the discernment has to come in, right? And to summarize again, context is going to matter where you apply these, and and secondly. The local church is where the second or third tier issues will probably matter more than maybe like a nonprofit organization. So we really need to go back to explain again what this primary first tier issues are and get a little more specific about this. Since again, we were kind of making the point that that is the most important tier. Yes. Yeah, so we really need to go back and explain just more specifically, like, what are these primary, you know, first tiered issues that, um, and get a little bit more specific about that. Because obviously, again, we're making that as the centrality of the importance of what are the doctrinal hills to die on. And so, um, to, let's get more specific. So, um, Desiring God explains that they really describe, you know, uh, essential to this primary tier is, those doctrines that are crucial to the nature of creation, humanity, and sin. And, you know, meaning the ability to identify when we are sinning, God's morality is a first tiered issue. The Bible speaks of the seriousness of this, you know, and it it actually encourages excommunication from a church. And it even says, I mean, this sounds hard, you guys, but it, harsh, but it says, you know, those will not inherit salvation in places like First Corinthians 5 through 6, Galatians, if they continue, not not if they've sinned or if they've yeah. made a mistake, but if they continue in a practice of immorality or... Mm-hmm. Hi, friends. Imagine approaching God's Word with confidence in your ability to glean meaningful truths. Imagine being excited to wake up and dive into studying. That is the mission behind the James Method and their exclusive, one-of-a-kind verse mapping journal. What is verse mapping, you ask? Excellent question. Verse mapping is a transformative study technique that involves dissecting a biblical verse, delving into its keywords, understanding its historical context, exploring alternate translations, and finding related references. But it doesn't stop there. The James Method Journal encourages reflection on the truths revealed and their application in your daily life. If you are ready to move beyond filling in the blanks and are excited to dig into scripture for yourself, the James Method verse mapping journal might be just what you need. This is not just a product. It's an intimate journey into God's word, making the Bible more than just a book on your shelf, but a living, breathing guide for your life. 
you can check out the James Method and all the Bible study products they offer in our show notes today and make sure to use the code ABIDINGFREE to save 20% off your purchase. Anything that goes against the nature of creation of God, um, if they continue in that um, and, and without a repentance of sin, that is um, where the church should take measures to discipline a member. And so we're talking about the design of creation, the nature of humanity, any denial of moral law. You guys, this is why, you know, these gender distortions right now that are arising in our culture, they're worth standing for. This is a primary issue because it goes, it's talking about the creative order that God has made. S- similar to something such as abortion, we're talking about the sanctity of life, the image bearers, like we are image bearers of God, the taking of an image bearer of life, of life and when life begins, that God is very clear about. These are moral issues, again, that God's that go back to God's creative order. I bring these up, these particular issues up, not because those who've struggled with them or have committed any of these um, are worse. We need to remember that. I bring about, I bring these topics up because they are the hot topics, right, yeah. in our culture. And, you know, sadly, they're being put into second or third tier issues or even worse, being seen as okay. And I see that, say this compassionately, I think we're all broken. We're saddened. We're tired of the divisions in our church. And I don't know about you, but I, I, I do find myself being tempted to almost soften or compromise or just, I want, I want to just be unified Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's hard. Right. And then if you do stand for something, you're, you're often seen as you're the one that hates people. You're the Mm -hmm. one that has, you know, is hateful and it's hard. And we just want to acknowledge that, that we just want to acknowledge the compassion in it, that, Guys, it's tough, isn't it? It's tough standing for what is right. But again, this is why I think what's going to help us as a church is if we are able to identify the first tier issues. Because if we're standing strong for a fourth tier issue and we're making that the battle, the hill that we're going to die on, they're not going to listen as well to the first tier issue. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. Picking your battles. Yeah. It's like picking the battles and the battle is over the first tier issue. That's it. And because like, let's talk about the other, other side of this. Like it's right. It's the unity. And, you know, in John 17, Jesus's prayer tells us that the very testimony of Jesus and God is our unity, the way we love one another. And that's why, again, as we're saying, we don't want to die in hills we shouldn't die on. And, um, you know, it's all these things. It's, I mean, I just remember, um, I just have to share like a story that saddened me. I was, I was out, this was some years ago and I was out to dinner with a group of lovely moms years ago. And all of a sudden we got on the topic of schooling and um, I would say half of the moms there were making the case that it is sin if Christians do not homeschool. And it was very disheartening to me. And, um, you know, I was able to just, just stay calm and, and talk through it. But that's an example, you guys, of, it is not clear in scripture mm. about there's a lot of principles in education that are very clear and that what we should we, what we should as parents be teaching our children what you know where we the influences and all those things but the 
actual structure of the schooling for our child is not as clear. And if we're making that, we're literally, you know, putting that up against sin or, you know, not sin. I mean, that is just a dangerous thing to do. And it, that is divisive. Very divisive. That is, and yeah, that is a hill not to die on. Um, and so, and we, we really lose our witness to the main significance of the gospel and we're, we're becoming fractured mm. and we're lo- potentially losing the ability to partner with others from other churches, denominations. And it's not to say that those lower tier issues are, imp- are unimportant, right? They're, it's, they're, they're very important. Um, but going back to the schooling issue, you know, it's, it's, that's just an example of how significant are we making it? If it's a third tier issue and we're taking it up to as central as the gospel, yeah, we're, you know, we're in a literal war all the time, you guys. We're in a spiritual battle. We don't want to be in a battle over things that we shouldn't be battling. Over. Yeah. And I just want to say it's like um, a lot of time it, it's that same thing we've talked about. We've talked about multiple times, you know, but it's this making personal convictions abs- truth, right? Yeah. Because and it's so and it is it's I love what you're saying here because it's so damaging. And I like how you're saying we have a job and this is a war and a battle and we're taking away from the primary battlefield when we're doing that. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's a powerful thought to remember. So it's not just wrong and and divisive. We're we're taking away um, energy or our army men, whatever whatever the word is, warriors, you know, for in the battle because we're distracting, we're being distracted. Yeah. Yeah. For the sake of the gospel, you know, for seeing the big C church flourish and grow and be a light in this dark world, let's unify as much as possible. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and though we are not primarily focusing on the way in which we discuss these topics, we, we do want to finish with just a brief word on how God's word encourages us to engage in these topics. Because, you know, we know Jesus said, like, we, we both unity and truth, right? We, we know we do need to stand for truth for these primary issues, primary being uh, things that the authoritative word of God is clear on, right, on, on the gospel message. And we know Jesus also said he came to bring a sword, right? Meaning that we will see division over these topics, but but the Bible has also given us ways how to do this in a way that is honoring to God. Ephesians 4 says, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. We are called to be this even in spite of great divide, right? Did we get that? Did we hear that? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's so easy yeah. to forget it. Um, yeah. You know, we have keeping the unity of the body is so important to the Lord. Uh, meaning even when someone is opposing us on a primary issue, we that still doesn't give us the right to disobey scripture. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To be humble, gentle and patient so that we might win them over and stay and bring them into the unity of Christ. Yeah. And um, it, it's OK to have righteous anger, though. Right. Yes. Because I feel that sometimes Um, with all that's going on in our world and people making light of some of the first tier issue, like, I mean, there's a righteous anger. There is, right? Towards those who are denying the centrality of the authoritative word of the God of the gospel 
um, of God's creative order. Um, but later in that same passage that we were talking about in Ephesians four, it tells us be angry and do not sin. Mm. So convicting. Yeah. And, and sometimes we're losing the argument over these important issues, not because we don't have a great argument, um, or, or logic or uh, even understanding of what we're sharing. But quite frankly, it's because we're kind of being jerks about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. That's a word. Right. And and how sad to think that we could push some away, someone away, Mm -hmm. not because of the truth of the gospel, which will happen. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but sometimes it's not happening because of that. Uh, Sometimes it's simply happening because we're not sharing it in a way that's Mm -hmm. honoring to God. Such a good reminder, Shannon. Oh man, I needed that (laughs) reminder. And I just think that's a great note to end on those verses in Ephesians, particularly, you know, just to, I love that in pursuing the more, you know, the first tier issues we're doing. So in order to grow in unity with the big C church, you know, God help us, Mm -hmm. right. To stay humble, loving. And to, as we have shared in other episodes, keep the main thing, the main thing, And then we'll leave with this. For I delivered to you as a first important what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you have a second, please share this episode with someone you love. Also, if you could scroll down and rate our podcast and follow us on social media at Abiding Free, this will help us reach more with the message of freedom. Yeah, and then just be sure to join us next week for another episode and know we love and are praying for you.